1: The ultimate supercomputer, a storehouse of energy and electromagnetic pulses, exists within each of our own skulls. With all that energy, it's no wonder that our brains can have powerful effects on our environments and can be powerfully affected by forces that we cannot see nor hear. Or can we? Join us today as we talk about the research and theories behind EMS and fear cages. Today, on The H-Files, on Homespun Hates. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Homespun Hates. I'm Becky. And I'm Diana. And it's another episode of The H-Files. woo <laughs> I hope you guys are liking these. We're putting a lot of work into them. Exactly. Oh my gosh, especially this one.
2: Yeah, you've been working on this for, what, a month? Can you guess how many references I ended up with? 116. Close. 32. That's <laughs> very close. <laughs> and yet something something is labeled 33. So I missed one. Darn it. This is a very, very in-depth topic. And I'm going to tell you all about not 100% of the information that could possibly be out there, but it's what I could find. And okay. I just fixed myself a Diana Spice latte. Modified. Okay diana spice latte because do we need to make another pinterest pin you probably do i'm so lazy i ran out of my spice mix and i haven't made more yet oh because you make your own spice mix of course (laughs) nobody else makes this this is proprietary stuff Except for all three people that have looked at the pin on Pinterest, you know the secret. Proprietary between me and those three people. Shh. <laughs>
1: yeah, Pinterest is doing gangbusters. Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, y'all liked the Diana Spice Latte. Drop a comment on how you like it or don't like it. I modified this version because like I said, I'm too lazy to make more spice mix this week, apparently. So I just mm-hmm. grated fresh ginger into it. And There's something magical about fresh ginger and cream that's starting to turn into butter. You know what I mean. I do. Good cream. Non-homogenized. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to like scrape it off the top. (laughs) Yes. You have to pour the coffee into the creamer and then shake it up and then pour it back into your coffee. Mm -hmm. That's that's my jam. I love it. You're
1: like friggin' Martha Stewart with this stuff. I mean, you could start your own magazine and people would be
2: like, who (laughs) grinds their own
1: ginger every morning,
2: Diana? (laughs) (laughs) I just take the cheese grater and cheese, 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 cheese. You keep the ginger in the freezer. And then when you grate it, it peels itself. Oh, so you okay. don't have to peel it. Well, I actually have a garden in my backyard. Oh, nice. Is it where the yeah. pet cemetery was? Yeah.
1: Absolutely everything died except the basil and rosemary. Even my mint died. Like I killed my mint.
2: How do you do that?
1: Huh. Be Becky. Be Becky. Oh. <laughs> That's why I'm Black Thumb Becky.
2: That's <laughs> that what they call you down in Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> Becky can't even grow mint. I thought you were Black Thumb Becky because you kept collecting cemetery dust. Graveyard I actually dust. never collected it,
1: keeping stores of cemetery dirt lying around the house. That'd just be one of those things you eventually have to be like, why
2: am I keeping this? Well, I can always just go to the cemetery and get some more.
1: Right, right. So you, you wake up at five in the morning and grind your own herbs. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> yes, grate some ginger. Man. <laughs> I don't like cooking
2: when I have a work day. It sucks.
1: Man, you're just on top of life. Everyone could take lessons oh. from
2: you. Oh no, good God. They don't want lessons from me. That's for sure. But thank you.
1: <laughs> There'll be another Homespun spin spinoff, <laughs> adulting with Diana.
2: <laughs> that's totally inappropriate. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe anybody could benefit from adulting with me, but we could definitely see what happens. Disclaimer, your life may not get better. It'll <laughs> get worse. But it will get weirder. I'm very frugal. <laughs> it's it's more about being frugal and meal prepping so that I don't have to get takeout or buy frozen dinners. Mm-hmm. I'm very lazy. So I like to do everything all at once. Like one Tuesday every other week, I do meal preps. And then I make fresh food every other day when I'm not working a long shift. It's just it's frugality. Anyway, that's good. That's <laughs> going to be our spinoff. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Adulting with Diana. <laughs>
2: <laughs> doing it right? Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> yep, that's the theme. Okay, but anyway, we came here to talk about something much spookier than adulting. Although that's kind of dubious, but probably yeah. spookier. Yeah,
1: I don't know, it depends. <laughs> it depends on what kind of adulting you're doing. you will have to- graveyard <laughs> dirt on Etsy. That be-
2: <laughs> You'll have to vote, audience. So today's H-Files is all about electromagnetic fields and how they interact with the spirit. Ooh. Ooh, so you know what this thing is, right? Becky, you've got some familiarity with EMFs? EMFs? Yes. EMFs are electromagnetic frequencies that can come
1: from anything that is anything. Basically. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that is correct. <laughs> yes.
1: The lights, your computer, your radio, the sun, yourself yourself. Yeah. Yes, because we are all energy. Mm-hmm. All of these things put out EMFs.
2: And it said, should I continue? Do you want me to tell go you for it? I know? Yeah, no, I want to know what you know about it, because this okay, is probably so, the general audience that we yes, have.
1: Yes. So it said that if there's a high frequency of these frequencies, <laughs> <laughs> it can make you feel uncomfortable. It can make you feel like you're being watched. And Also, a lot of paranormal investigation equipment will come with an EMF detector because the idea is that ghosts can affect frequencies and energy, and that's why your cell phone battery always drains when you go into a haunted location. (laughs) If you have an EMF detector and it suddenly goes off, it may be indicative of the presence of something paranormal.
2: That's a very good summary. And that is what ghost hunters use EMF detectors for, right, is for trying to track Ghosts. I've also noticed that ghost hunters will use EMF detectors to rule out things that could cause the illusion of ghosts because they're, let's say a faulty alarm clock or a faulty microwave or something like that causing a problem. I actually found out that if you microwave something and you don't let the time run all the way down and you open the door, pull it out and then close the door, but you don't hit cancel, it's actually creating a pretty strong electromagnetic field. I know. What the hell? I don't know why. And I can't explain it. Maybe some engineer can comment, but it's, uh, <laughs> I, I do that all the time. Right. Right. You yeah, I leave it like that for days because I never use my microwave. Yes, exactly. Days. Like the next week when I go to microwave something, I'm like, oh, like, well, I'll oh, still yeah. get some time it's on there. still set on 15 seconds. Yeah. 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 Apparently that's, uh, that's that's pretty good way to get your house haunted. I don't know. That explains <laughs> so much. <laughs> Especially when your microwave blew up, that might might have been because you attracted just too many ghosts to it. <laughs> 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 EMFs, of course, stands for electromagnetic fields. It's basically, it's it's kind of a, a cloud of energy that surrounds anything with an electrical charge. So like you said, anything, anything. When the microwave's off, you still got an electric field, even though the magnetic field dissipates when it's not actually flowing, current flowing through it. So you've still got this thing, even when your appliances are off, the electric field portion of the EMF is still running through them. So you've got these surrounding you all day, all night, just living in modern life. There is this theory that was proposed, and I can't for the life of me figure out who first came up with this theory that Spirits manipulate EMFs. I can't. I can't find the source for that. The only sources that I found were one uh, Ghost Hunter season three. They started using the EMF meter, I guess. And okay, they maybe just used cameras and recordings before that.
1: That was a long time ago.
2: That was a while ago. But even yeah. further along ago was a group of ghost hunters called the Ghostbusters, who. <laughs> 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 yes, the Ghostbusters. This, this seems to be where this... It, it seems to have originated from sci-fi. The idea that ghosts will put out an energy that you can read with a device.
1: So we have Harold Ramis to blame for this. (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) 1984 Ghostbusters introduced their PKE meter, which is their (laughs) oldest ghost hunting bit of equipment aside from, I guess, a proton pack. I I don't know which came (laughs) first, probably at the same time. It was, it was uh, Egan that invented the PKE meter in the, in the movie, but I met him once. Oh, that's cool.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt.
0: <laughs> it's really cool. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today internet delivered through cox's hybrid fiber coax network speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions apply
2: wait are you gaming on a chromebook
0: Yep, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display plus this killer rgb keyboard and i can access thousands of games anytime anywhere
2: stop playing what get out of here huh yeah I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook.
0: Got it.
1: Are you tired of websites that have been Frankenstein together?
2: Oh, my website is so slow and creaky. Every time I use the search bar, it just returns Abby normal over and over again. Becky's sister company, The Concept Spot, holds the secret to life itself and can create new life from nothing. In fact, we've been giving life to highly functional websites for the last 25 years using premium parts we swear we didn't salvage from graveyards.
1: Check out that head image. Instead of going my new website
2: purrs. Need a blog? The concept spot can do that. Want an online store? We can do that too. We
1: build our sites from the cellular level. No reused templates or discarded body parts here, so we can make your site do whatever you want and look however you want.
2: (gasps) It's gorgeous! I can't
1: even see the stitches. We can also resurrect your dead website if rigor mortis has set in. Oh, it's like a new man. If you think homespun haints is frighteningly genius, you should see our websites. Let your favorite ghoulish gals, Becky and Diana, build you a monstrous website that will wreak havoc on the internet for years to come. Visit theconceptspot.com
2: for more information.
0: It's live! It's live! Ah! Go ahead, it down Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine. A new kind of Chromebook.
2: Well, anyway, keep going. Yes, so uh, <laughs> PKE Meter supposed to detect the presence of ghosts. New York City Public Library and other places like that. This is the first real citation that I could find. I don't know outside of Ghostbusters. I don't know who would have invented Uh, ghost reading meters or used an emf meter for that purpose first so if anybody Mm. knows please tell me because i have literally been researching this night and day for weeks and i cannot find anything for free on the internet (laughs) was there anything in poltergeist poltergeist does have the idea in it that ghosts can manipulate magnetic or electric fields but i don't think they actually did any emf detecting for ghosts in the movie so where did this theory come from i would love to know. But the earliest actual scientific studies into EMFs and hauntings were by Michael Persinger, I believe is a Canadian researcher. This basic premise is what you said earlier, that when there's a high EMF field next to your brains, you feel haunted. So when he was doing research, he was determining that subjects that had been exposed to right temporal lobe, so like right behind your right eye, electromagnetic fields would experience anything from a feeling of uneasiness to a feeling of terror to an actual hallucination of an entity. And this is this is interesting because nobody really knows what part of the brain specifically is being affected. There are definitely theories out there, but none that are, you know, very well demonstrated. So part of the brain is activated by the EMFs in the study, always on the right, somewhere between the temporal lobe, the amygdala and the frontal cortex, which are well known to be activated when experiencing religious experiences under fMRI, which is just a picture of what your brain's doing. So they're always using the right hand side for stimulation because the theory goes that the left-hand side of these portions of your brain make up your sense of self. And so the right side mirrors that by giving you a sense of the other. Other. The other. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So you're stimulating these areas which are known to cause religious experience, like rapture of some sort in the faithful and not in atheists. McFadden believes that consciousness is a direct result of the electromagnetic field produced when your neurons in your brain fire. When you get a bunch of neurons firing in your brain, you create an EMF. You create an electromagnetic field in your own brain. Your own brain creates yes. an EMF. Like you said, everything makes EMFs. <laughs> <laughs> so because your brain waves are more or less just results of electricity. McFadden proposes that your consciousness is simply the electromagnetic field around your brain, allowing you to experience consciousness. And he seems to believe that this means that free will is an illusion, that you are simply electricity and electromagnetic fields.
1: Well, it also would make it other things like astral projection and body
2: hopping and other (laughs) things seem completely plausible. So if your brain is a physical thing with an electric consciousness, you can't astral project because you couldn't remove your consciousness from your brain. Could you? You'd have to find a different electromagnetic field to act on your brain. So just put your head in a microwave. We do not endorse this activity, listeners. It's not part of our adulting advice. (laughs) So the illusion of free will in our choice of actions is only our subjective experience of the semi field acting on our neurons.
1: Okay, it's making my brain spin a little.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, the converse theory by Susan pocket. Uh, She states that she believes that this EM field really is part of the consciousness. However, she believes instead of it happening to us, it is the collective consciousness of the world so the electromagnetic field that surrounds your neurons when they fire is in contact with other electromagnetic fields all the time and her theory goes that emf's created by human brains and animal brains i suppose comprise a universal consciousness that together experiences sensations perceptions thoughts and emotions of every single conscious being in the universe how jungian i know right so these are <laughs> these are two very different conclusions to draw from the same basic
1: theory so these are Theories based off of scientific research. The people who came up with these theories are are they are they philosophers or
2: are they neuroscientists? Like, what's their background? Oh, that's a good thing to explain. So the the field is called neurotheology. In other words, what <laughs> what is going? A <laughs> that is the thing. What's going on in your brain when you have a spiritual experience? Okay. I, I suppose this is a scientific echo of parapsychology, probably. The idea of a physical manifestation of religious experiences and spiritual experiences in the actual physical brain, as opposed to merely a thought or a feeling. It goes so far down the rabbit hole, Becky, it's ridiculous. Wow. So one of the things that McFadden and Pocket have cited are experiments in the laboratory of another scientist named Koch – K-O-C-H, which basically demonstrate that external EMF fields, EMFs, I keep saying EMF fields like ATM machine, I'm sorry, (laughs) or carne (laughs) beef. (laughs) Yeah, not carne beef, uh, carne brain. So (laughs) external EM fields can stimulate the brain's endogenous EM fields and influence neuronal firing patterns within brain slices,
1: dead brains. Wait 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 okay okay. Okay, so let's put this in <laughs> non-Diana English. I'm sorry. So you, no no it's fine. Not very it's
2: clear. fine. <laughs> no, you, you So this guy this guy was basically he took chunks of a dead brain, sliced it up, mm-hmm. made specimens out of it, and then exposed it to EM fields which resulted in influencing the brain's endogenous EM field and neuronal firing patterns. Okay, so things fired,
1: electricity was generated by dead brain slices, dead tissue that was exposed to an EM field. Yeah. So you got like brain sandwich pieces
2: Mm -hmm. like lunch meat. Yeah. What does this mean, Becky? The neurons were firing in the brain slices when exposed to this EM field, which is proposed to be either the illusion of free will or a collective mass consciousness. Does that mean that you can induce a conscious state in a dead brain? Where does the soul go? Right? Who is experiencing this conscious state? Are they suddenly conscious going, oh shit, I'm just a slice in a bowl? I don't know. This is terrifying, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Gosh, that sounds like a Doctor Who episode I saw once. It just blew my mind. Right? Yeah, the EMF fields are going.
2: (laughs) 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 Does it give you the illusion of free will?
1: (laughs) Or. It's just electricity. It has nothing to do with consciousness or free will. It's just an offshoot of our brains working.
2: It could be unless you define consciousness as the semi field in the brain. Well, see, that's just somebody's definition. And but you're
1: basically saying our brains are like microwaves. You know, you, if they're not off all the way,
2: or even if they are, you think they're off, but they're not, they could Yeah, they could be on after death. That is that is very much potential. Nobody. Nobody would really know if you're conscious, if your consciousness exists after your body perishes. Well, we know.
1: (laughs) We've had plenty of people on this show that have seen those those
2: consciousnesses. The question then becomes, how does the consciousness leave your physical brain? If you can demonstrate that whatever these scientists are calling consciousness is possible to induce on a dead brain, What does that mean for a consciousness that is separate from its physical brain? Could it be that the semi field really is the collective consciousness of all things on earth? Not even thinking, just anything with a brain.
1: It's thinking.
2: Octopi have nine of them. We have one, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. They're way smarter. They're so much smarter. I I find this very mind blowing.
1: Yeah. I think this this could be its own. (laughs) podcast. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hope to someday have a spinoff where we talk about nothing except neurology. That would be awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, we got to do the adulting with Diana one first. Sorry. Oh, darn. I'm, I'm much worse <laughs> at that than I am
2: than I so at talking so about funny. neurology. Um, <laughs> that would be funny.
1: This is true. I guess the first analogy I drew is, you know, you have like a, a television or an amplifier or something that has um, some kind of capacitor going through it in the back. And if for some reason you need to dismantle this, say you want to hack it up, make something else out of it or fix it, adjust the wires, there's a loose wire. Even if this thing has been off for decades, like an old tube TV, it still has enough charge inside of it that you can really hurt yourself and electrocute yourself Mm, if you mm. try to open it up and mess with it. Warning for anybody who thinks they want to fix their own amp don't or wear like fireproof gloves when you do. So in a way that doesn't really surprise me if something like that can hold a charge for that long. Why can't our brains hold a charge? Yes,
2: but what does it mean if the charge is our consciousness? See, my thing is why does the charge have to be our consciousness? Well, that's actually very well described in some of his research. Um, Let's see if I can find it. That's
1: what I want to know his background. Like, is this Uh, somebody who's actually able to turn people's consciousnesses off and on
2: by discharging the brain? Or is this just all theory? So there are a lot of experiments done on EMF fields' effects on the brain, uh, I said it again, EM fields. <laughs> EM field effects on the on the brain. It's been demonstrated that electrical stimulation to the angular gyrus of the brain can cause the sensation of somebody behind you mimicking you. In other words, it takes your own movements and transports them outside of your body. This is something that I was talking about the other day when I was talking about some out of body experiences. Mhm. So that could have been my uh my angular gyrus kicking up. But anyway, electrical stimulation to different parts of the brain has caused people to hallucinate. It can cause near-death experiences. It's been approved for use in the treatment of depression, Alzheimer's, AMS. Is that like electroconvulsive therapy? No, this is transcranial magnetic stimulation. Okay. So they're not shocking you. They're not shocking you. Mm -mm. Okay. No, It, It helps with schizophrenia. It helps with multiple sclerosis. It helps with tinnitus ringing in your ears, traumatic brain injury, epilepsy, even persistent vegetative states can be assisted by TMS. So this is, this is well known that electromagnetic fields can affect the brain and the function of the brain. This is not something that somebody who decided to research spirits came up with. This is well known that the application of this to researching spirits and religion is the spin-off, the neurotheology. The person who decided to try and replicate the haunted house feeling of being in a creepy state of mind in the lab, that was Michael Persinger. He started his work in the 80s, published several studies showing that people who had this device that he called the God helmet, <laughs> which would induce <laughs> a very weak EM field over the right hemisphere of their brain, would experience these these feelings of terror and hauntedness or even spiritual experiences. And it it's so subjective what they experienced because it was based on their own personal beliefs. So he had them take... The revised paranormal belief scale test before they did the test. Oh, yes. Back in the day, they used to call that the Australian sheep goat test. (laughs) I just wanted to say that. Why? Because you'd see it as a sheep (laughs) or a goat? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's from Christian scripture about Jesus separating the sheep from the goat or the believers, the followers from the skeptics. Australian sheep goat scale is supposed to grade you as either a believer or a skeptic.
1: And we have done this. Yes. So
2: our our scores on the – not the Australian sheep goat test, unfortunately, because I couldn't find a free version of that. But we took the revised paranormal belief test together. It turns out that Becky believes in the paranormal slightly more than I, but not as much as I expected. (laughs) Not as much Mm -hmm. as I expected. I scored higher in traditional religious beliefs than you did, whereas you scored higher in more specific – sub-genres of paranormal beliefs, like believe in in witchcraft, things like that.
1: Fascinating. So (laughs)
2: bizarre. I really wasn't expecting us to be that close, but we were really, really close, just in completely different regions of beliefs. So I have to tell you a story about one of these early published studies on whether or not EMFs can affect people in a way that makes them feel persistently haunted by a specific entity. Okay, here's a report. A left-handed Roman Catholic female adolescent with a history of early brain trauma reported nightly visitations by a sentient being. During one episode, she experienced vibrations of the bed, an external presence along the left side of the bed that moved into her body, inner vaginal and uterine area. Poor girl. Yes, and the sense of being impregnated by a force she attributed to the Holy Spirit. After the latter experience, she felt an invisible baby superimposed upon her left shoulder. Consistently, this is something she feels all the time. Analysis for the measurements of magnetic anomalies within her bedroom indicated an electric clock about 20 centimeters from her head, where she slept, The complex form of the four micro T magnetic pulses generated by the clock was similar to shapes that evoke electrical seizures in epileptic rats and sensitive humans. So they're tracing this back, basically saying that, oh, it it seems like this young woman's experience of being impregnated by the Holy Spirit and having a baby grow in her shoulder was caused exclusively by this alarm clock. The The clock was removed and the baby and the holy incubus went away. But what a consistent ongoing drama for a hallucination, no? I mean, if this is all explained by just having creepy feelings because your brain is being stimulated in a a semi-epileptic storm, why do you see the same thing and the, the story is so consistent? It actually seems to flow from the experience of being visited to the experience of being impregnated to the experience of having a baby over multiple, multiple weeks. So she's living this story overnight simply from electromagnetic stimulation of her brain from this alarm clock. What is that? Why is it so consistent, Becky? Why isn't it just, Oh, I saw shadows and I felt scared. Um, free will. (laughs) (laughs) She
1: can manipulate what it was, her brain, her, her worldview manipulated what it was that
2: she experienced into something that made sense to her. And I think you're, you're right on with that. I think that most of the time when you have, for lack of a better word, a a spiritual hallucination due to induced EM fields in your brain, you're going to fit the hallucination into your worldview. So people who are very religious tend to see God, people who are very non-religious tend to see ghosts. What about the non-religious people that don't believe in ghosts? They'll still have terror and a feeling of dread. They will Have experiences according to this research that they did. The the people who don't believe in ghosts will also have ghostly type experiences. They just can't explain it. What about the deeply religious people that see ghosts? They would have to be both believers in ghosts and God. (laughs) Um, interesting.
1: In a way, it's kind of like a waking dream.
2: Exactly. She was falling asleep. Obviously, this is during the nighttime when she's laying in her bed next to this alarm clock. So she's already in a very relaxed brain state. And it's been shown in the lab that the EMFs will increase your theta brainwave activity by thirty percent if stimulated constantly. Okay, so I need to get that alarm clock away from my head when I sleep. Perhaps so. If you've if you've been visited and impregnated recently, I yeah, definitely.
1: No, just very strange nightmares. Anyway, continue. Mm. I think it comes from editing these podcasts late at night.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps so. Uh, Your computer definitely generates EM fields. I just thought that was a very, very specific situation. I still am having trouble wrapping my head around the idea that a
1: single alarm clock could cause that kind of hallucination. Seeing things, hallucinations, even sleep paralysis, existed long before we had a lot of electronics around us.
2: Yes. But remember, EM fields are not just from man-made electronics. EM fields are all over the place and in, in pretty much everything. Other people, I guess, could cause it. Uh, so solar flares causing geomagnetic storms. This is also a cool little correlation into being haunted because the Earth is, of course, surrounded by a magnetic field. Solar flares have an effect on that magnetic field. Solar flares affecting the Earth's magnetic field are going to affect it in a more chaotic way on the dark side of the Earth. So that means The Earth's magnetic field is acting on your brain in a more chaotic and disorderly way at night. That's why most hauntings are experienced at night, according to one researcher. Okay. Could be that. Could be the increased theta waves of relaxing and falling asleep. I don't know. Or it could be ghosts.
1: I'm sorry. I'm to that one.
2: <laughs> well, so that, that's kind of like the, the culmination of all this research. We've kind of demonstrated that EMFs have an effect on the brain of causing people to feel haunted. Now that hasn't been very strongly demonstrated because people will argue against Persinger's research that he primed the subjects. In other words, he told his experimental subjects, we're going to put something on your head and it might make you see things, hallucinate or feel funny. <sighs> And so we just want to know how you feel while this is on your head. You can't do research like that. I agree. So a lot of people will say that this research is flawed. It doesn't demonstrate anything. Absolutely. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All of this to say, this is the theory that has not yet been held true in all the research because there have been other researchers who attempt to replicate Persinger's research and have failed to replicate the same results.
1: Yeah, because they're not priming the subjects.
2: I'm sorry. Exactly. Whoa. What a a dumbass. It upsets me that this is not reliable science. But I mean, what do you expect from people studying ghosts from electrocuting people's heads? But hey, now. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that was gonna be my next degree. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I'll go into neurotheology with you if you want. (laughs) So which came first? The EMFs causing the hallucination of haunting or the haunting reacting with presence of EMFs? That is the real question. So if you are, of course, the religious person says, wow, it's interesting that God put a chunk in your brain that makes you able to believe in God, right? So anybody can justify whatever they want with this argument, because it's, it's not, it's not hard and fast rules yet. We're still experimenting with all of this. But why do EMFs generate a feeling of haunting, That can be so consistent. And I'd like to propose that possibly EMFs are coming from your microwave or whatever other electric stuff you've got going. But if ghosts are real, can they interact with those EMFs to manifest?
1: Hmm. Well, if that's the case, then maybe we see more ghosts at night
2: because there are more ghosts at night. Exactly, because they're interacting with the Earth's magnetic field.
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow, this is a chicken and the egg Rest right? I guess it really just depends
2: on what you believe in. Mm-hmm. But does it? No, I think there's an objective answer that nobody's been able to demonstrate yet. If ghosts exist, can they interact with electromagnetic fields? And that's why you experience hauntings in places with high AMFs. And then the haunting goes away when the EMF field is removed from the environment. And then it comes back. <laughs> I mean... Could could it be that the ghost is what's real and the EMFs are just allowing your brain to see it, considering more parts of your brain are being stimulated by the EMFs?
1: Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in grad school again. You're making my brain hurt. (laughs) It's just the EMFs from your microphone making your brain hurt. Maybe. (laughs) So many questions. Right? (laughs) Right. Okay, another thing that kind of bothers me about all of this is, and we kind of mentioned this before, everything causes EMFs, the sun, Mm -hmm. our own brains, the light bulb above your head, my microphone, my computer. So how can you really even determine that there's a higher concentration in one place than the other? I mean, it seems like it's, it's such subtle grades. It's kind of like, I recommend everybody do this, get a Geiger counter, I'm sure you got someone in your family. You probably got lying someone. around, weird hoarder or something. <laughs> I've got several people in my family with Geiger counters, or you may own one yourself, and go through your house with it, and just see how many things in your home are radioactive. Because everything's radioactive, and yeah. it's really only useful if you say <laughs> need to go to Chernobyl. <laughs> <and> it can <laughs> tell you what some dangerous levels are. But it's more of like degree. You can't really say, oh, there's EMFs here or there's radiation here because it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's only when that thing starts going because it does that, it ticks, then <laughs> then you are know, like, oh, maybe I should stay
2: away from this bunch of bananas. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think my- you got the you got the idea right with the Geiger counter. I, I think that an EMF meter is going to have readings pretty constantly, because there's always EM fields around, no matter what you do. Like I said, even if you turn the electricity off, that magnetic field is still there,
1: even in your own brain, the more people are in the room.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you may be getting information from far away too. You may be getting information from cars driving by. You don't know when when suddenly you get EMF spikes. Logically, if you had a haunting, you could call in an electrician who would have a three-axis EMF meter. Again, this is important, the three axis, because the cheap ones that you can get in ghost hunting kits may only have one axis, which would indicate that you would have to hold it in every possible position in every single location that you went to, not just the room, but every single foot of the room, you'd have to hold it in every possible orientation to be able to get an accurate measurement. That's why the three axis ones are expensive. So you'd be able to just walk through the house and and take measurements. Logically, if you had that alarm clock that caused the holy impregnation. If you had that in your house, you would be able to call an electrician with the triaxis EMF meter, they would be able to determine that that was the source of the EMF spikes and take it out of the room. And therefore you have exercised your house, you you know, your, your ghost is gone because you've removed the source of the EMFs. In real life, I don't think it's that specific. I don't, I don't think that you can Mm -hmm. actually kind of isolate EMFs, especially with a cheap EMF meter, you're not going mm-hmm. to be able to. So take away, please don't buy a $50 EMF meter on Amazon, go around your house and determine that your house is haunted. That's probably not going to tell you anything at all. If you do get a huge spike though, next to your alarm clock, maybe move it away from your head. It <laughs> could be a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> Especially if you're always
1: being haunted at night. <laughs> so we do need to give some credit to paranormal investigators who do use these EMF meters. My understanding is it's it's never the only thing in your toolbox.
2: Oh no, like yeah, I, all everybody's got infrared cameras, and there's there's another type of uh, field detector. Not a PKE. That was Ghostbusters. But there is, I forget what it's. Oh God, is it a K two meter? Yeah, the K two meter. K two yeah, meter. I am not sure how they work, but yeah. I don't know how they work. Some ghost hunter, please comment, tell us. And then of course they take instant temperature readings for cold and hot spots. Which coincidentally also can be
1: very variable.
2: Yes. When 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 the researchers did their research on creating a fake haunted environment, they also used heat and cold and found that people who who experienced inexplicable heat and cold would also feel haunted. Also infrasound. So sound just below the range of human hearing has been attributed to several hauntings where there was a piece of equipment making an infrasound in a certain range that when that equipment was removed, the employees stopped reporting hauntings. So both visual field effects, auditory field effects, other types of areas of the brain, all of those can be affected by sensations that are just barely outside the conscious range. Could it be that EMFs are just stimulating our visual cortex in a way that we can't see something deep, deep down in our bat brains? Mm, maybe. <laughs> and we're actually seeing things, but we don't see them with our eyeballs, but somehow the connection to the visual cortex is there. That actually makes complete sense.
1: There've been studies, like, cause there's, Oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember. There's different kinds of blindness. There's mm-hmm. ones where your eyes are damaged. And then there's also where the connection of your eye to your brain, which tells you what you're seeing, is damaged. And people who have that second, the latter kind, they can still walk around a room and not bump into anything. Because they see, they just, they're, that conscious part of their brain isn't seeing those things in, the, in their way, but the unconscious part can still
2: interpret it. Yes. They can get, and get around. Hearing's so, kind of the same. You can have the same kind of situation with your hearing as well. So, wow, so maybe it allows you
1: to see things that you can't like or makes makes it so that your brain can interpret things that are beyond our
2: visual spectrum. Or your brain tries to interpret it.
1: Mm. Well, mm. see, this is this is one of those reasons why the stories I like the most on this show are the ones where multiple people have seen the same thing exactly
2: right because why would that happen because like you said with the alarm clock girl it was filtered through her personal beliefs Mm -hmm. what about two people who have different beliefs seeing the same ghost in the same spot yes marjorie and her sister seeing the hat man do the exact same thing yeah Mm -hmm. that is that is my point is that there are definitely things out there that this theory would actually lend to the idea that there really are beings there that they are observing. And it's not right. just anything happening in their brains. Visual light is an EMF. So that means that non-visual light, like infrared light, like bat C would be an EMF that could mm-hmm. affect the human brain in a certain way. And children have a larger range of auditory and visual perception than adults do. What? Okay. So it's true that children can see ghosts. If that, it, I mean, if that's if that's what we're seeing when we see, quote unquote, see EMFs, mm. maybe that's why children see things that we don't see. It's mm-hmm. just on the very edge of our perception, but not for them. Wow. So children are kind of an interesting thing to study because study the children. I don't think you can actually do studies with children, really.
1: Oh, um, people have,
2: remember B.F. Skinner? <laughs> oh God. Well, when you put a magnet up to children's brains, I wonder what happens, but probably they're, they're going to experience a lot more than we do, but it's perfect. probably not going to be that much different from their waking consciousness than it is for us. Okay. Cause they're already experiencing some of these things consciously, whereas we do not. Interesting. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. I, th- I think it would be interesting to find out if we can Maybe when a child sees a haunting, if we can replicate that with other children who have completely different belief systems that they grew up with and don't know anything about, anything. But also, I mean, kids. Your son was so young when he first saw the mommy with the rope; he was not old enough for you to have been telling him ghost stories. And and no, he he wouldn't have any have any concept of what a ghost should be or would be. Well, he didn't even realize it was a ghost. He just saw
1: there was another woman in the room hanging from the ceiling. And in his strange little worldview, that was
2: completely normal. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the thing. Children see this stuff that we don't see. They have to accept it as normal reality because there it is. They see it. And then when we tell them we don't see it, that's when they start to realize the the disjointedness between what's real for adults and what's real for them.
1: (laughs) Yes. I never told my children that I couldn't see it. I didn't want them to get scared just be like oh okay let's sleep in the other room tonight <laughs> that's a generous thing to do <laughs> i think that's very kind <laughs> i remember thinking i would still have probably let him sleep in that room because it wasn't bothering him it wasn't bothering me i couldn't see it.
2: If it i mean if it's not scary yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's another that's another debate for another day can you be mm-hmm. harmed by a ghost that's not scary <laughs> or a ghost that you don't see. Mm. I, I mean, I, I got the impression she was pretty incapacitated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. I'm thinking of the Hill House oh, show. Yeah, that's a show. I don't know, but uh... anyway. <laughs> so that's my big, long-winded, and completely non-conclusive summary of EMFs and how they interact with the spirit world.
1: Okay. What's
2: the takeaway? I still don't know. I'm still wondering. We are definitely electrical.
1: A question I have. Mm -hmm. These electrical fields that are coming out of our brains at all times, are they such that they can extend beyond our physical form? Or is it, you have to have like the, like, is it like right there and our, our skull kind of stops
2: it? In theory, I would imagine they do extend beyond the brain. Let's see here. Did they actually use needles to measure this or is this something they measured with devices next to the head. Cause I'm imagining they usually would have yeah, used, I mean, no, they would have had to drill through the skull. Exactly. Like, actually no, like that. that would be ridiculous. Yeah. And your skull is not exactly super good insulation.
1: Yeah. Uh, in Bones, not good insulators. I'll ask nope. anyone who's been electrocuted. Mm. I think we can probably assume that they extend beyond your skull if they were able to measure them.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if they extend beyond your skull, they extend beyond your brain, meaning that telepathy is real based on these theories, yeah, that your your consciousness <laughs> does extend outside of your physical form.
1: Well, if that's the case, then astral projection to a
2: limited degree makes sense, right? Uh, would your consciousness only need a consistent EMF field near your head to travel through? In other words, if your consciousness is your EM field, your semi-field of the brain, and your consciousness semi-field interacts with a nearby EMF from an alarm clock, Does that make it possible for your consciousness to move from your brain to that nearby semi field? Oh my gosh. I hope nobody would try that and then accidentally unplug the alarm clock. Well I believe I believe it would have to be like a, a constant chain. Like as soon as you break the chain, you're going to go back into your head, right? Because that's where the conscious thought originates from.
1: Hopefully.
2: People who talk about astral projection always talk about being connected with mm-hmm. their body, right? By a th- the a silver, silver cord, cord, or some some sort of permutation of that, meaning that that might be the electrical connection. As you know, you could expand electricity infinitely long, as long as you've got conduction between you and what you're trying to conduct to. The internet is what a bunch of cables under the water. <laughs> There's not really a limit to how far you can send an electrical impulse, meaning that your consciousness, if it is slightly outside of your brain... If you get really close to somebody else, do you share consciousness automatically? This is why I hate Zoom meetings and I like in-person meetings. Sharing brainwaves. That's what it's all about.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Speaking of brainwaves, I don't think mine are going to work for the rest of the day. I think they got worn out. That was...
2: (laughs) that was some intense stuff <laughs> if you're just staring at the wall drooling at the rest of the day and your kids go mommy are you okay just tell them about the woman who got impregnated by her alarm clock i'm sure a little <sighs> <in my opinion. laughs> tell, tell them about electrocuting uh slices of dead brains and causing a field of consciousness in them ah, that is so cool i would love to hear what your kids had to say about that
1: oh, whether it's possible
2: man. to induce consciousness in a dead brain
1: my kids this morning we're on our way to school <laughs> and, you know, Halloween's coming up and my daughter's like, mommy, tell me the story of the candy man. Ooh. And my son's like, the candy man? You mean the guy that poisoned his own son? And my daughter's like, yeah, yeah. He put arsenic in the candy and he tried to, did, did he kill his daughter too? And I'm like, no, no. And and my daughter's like, that's right. The mom got the daughter away. <laughs> oh, man and they're like why would he do that oh he did it for that, the life insurance why do people kill people for life insurance policies mommy and i'm like oh my god <laughs> What have I done to my children listening to true crime podcasts of them in the car? <laughs> but oh they're my so goodness. fascinated by this. And then my daughter, she's nine, right? She's trying to justify why she likes true crime. She's like, I just think it's neat. And I'm like, it's okay, honey. A lot of people are fascinated by true crime. <laughs>
2: it's oh, an wow. genre.
1: <laughs> it's okay to be fascinated by this. I don't know why you are, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Candyman? Like, I didn't know who the Candyman
2: was when I was their age. No, I still don't have that strong a grasp on the plot. I, I can send you some links. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm just amazed that she got from Tell Me the Story of the Candyman to Why do people kill other people for life insurance policies? <laughs> that's a big logical leap. I, I'm really proud of her. She That's pretty – she answered a lot of her own questions there, huh? Right. Yep. That's funny. I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, now that our brains are stuffed full of both EMFs and thoughts about EMFs and EMFs about thoughts. Exactly. Let me put my head towards my computer and maybe we can create a, an electrical connection through the internet. Have dual consciousness. <laughs> Did it work? <laughs>
1: I, I I don't I don't think it works that way. It looks cool, but nobody can see that. <laughs>
2: Darn it. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, thank you, Diana. My brain is full. I will have a lot to think about and I'm gonna move the electronics away from my bed. Mm-hmm.
2: Good idea. Good explains idea. a lot. <laughs> including that
1: television which is off, but I know it's not. It's not really off. No, it's not really off. And don't play with the backs of amplifiers, kids, or stick your head in a the microwave. There's our PSA.
2: And don't stay up at night because there's more magnetic field chaos Mm -hmm. around the earth at night, whether you've got something plugged in or not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can't handle it anymore. (laughs) I know, I know. All right, well, everybody, think about your brain thinking about you as you move the alarm clock away from the head of your bed. And if you don't, you might have a very spooky day.
1: Deep in the bowels of Oklahoma exists a passageway that has remained locked for decades, untouched by mortals. We don't know why it was sealed nearly a century ago, but we are thirsting to find out. So thirsty! Do you have the same insatiable curiosity as us to see what lies beyond its threshold?
2: On September twenty fourth, 2023 we will unveil the shadows together via live stream as we open this sealed passageway slaking our thirst for arcane knowledge and we want you to be there with us virtually of course this may be dangerous we don't have liability insurance oh my eye! but what will we find
1: is this passageway a sealed tomb a hideaway for treasure a portal into another dimension
2: Even we won't know until September 24th and you can be there to discover the secrets with us. Visit homespunhaints.com basement to RSVP for this event and find out how you can participate in this interactive adventure with us.
1: As long as there's darkness to explore, we shall
2: remain its loyal devotees. RSVP now and immerse yourself in the abyss of the unknown that is Diana's, Diana's Basement.
1: <laughs> Visit homespunhaints.com basement.